2: Now
4: Before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that I do, in fact, have this show in podcast form on Apple's podcasting platform and on Spotify. Check it out. Link in the descriptions. Actual Justice Warrior is the name of the show. Subscribe. Give me a listen. It really does help the channel out so much. You know, I'm watching House of the Dragon on HBO Max forward slash hot D. And I'm actually quite enjoying the show. It's wonderfully acted. Everything looks absolutely stellar. You can see the money on the screen. And except for a few bad CGI moments, which definitely do exist in the show, Overall, I'm having a good experience. However, I cannot help but notice that they're falling into some of the trappings of the later seasons of Game of Thrones, and it's starting to get to the point where it's really bothering me, and it may be a foreboding sign of bad times going ahead throughout the course of the series. But before I get into the negative, I do want to talk about something that I actually thought was incredibly positive that happened in a recent episode of the show, and this has to do with the the paternity of Rhaenyra's child, because as we well know, they recast House Valerion as black people, meaning that the husband of Rhaenyra is at least half black. Now, in the Game of Thrones, The Song of Ice and Fire universe, skin color actually doesn't matter at all. It's a universe where they are obsessed with hair color and eye color. This is one of the reasons why I actually pointed out that most of the Stark children are miscast, in that they don't have the red hair, so they don't have the Tully features, which contrasts with Jon Snow, who looks exactly like Ned Stark in the books, thus creating more and more problems for Catelyn with Ned Stark's bastard being around. Now look, that happened. I am technically 100% right when it comes to the books, but it is an adaptation. And I'm not one of those people who are like, oh my God, you changed this thing from the books. I understand that television and books are different. Movies and books are different. So things have to be change some of them when you're adapting any kind of material, and the idea that just purely sticking 100% to the books with all these extra characters and side plots that were even abandoned by George R. R. Martin makes sense just for the sake of it is not how you craft a television show or any kind of adaptation. So imagine my shock when I go into episode 6, and it starts off with Queen Allison summoning Rhaenyra, who just gave birth to her third child, in order to look at the baby to determine the paternity of the baby. Now we all know because we live in a world where we understand genetics and we have long history of skin based discrimination and noticing people's skin color that skin color is heritable that even somebody who is half black typically when they sleep with a white woman is not going to have a 100 white child however in the game of thrones universe in the song of ice and fire skin color is not that relevant so what we ended up seeing was queen Allison look at this baby that is clearly white not make a determination based on that but only make a determination based on the fact that she saw that the hair color did not match either Lainor or Rhaenyra. This was an absolutely wonderful, color-doesn't-exist kind of moment that is totally in line with the Game of Thrones universe and actually makes you out there in the audience rethink your perspective on the racialized casting. So, credit for where credit is due. They could have gone in the Lord of the Rings direction, where the first scene with the first black elf has a you people moment. Oh, let it go, knife is. It's a bloody patch of grass. The lot you
1: lump us in with died off a thousand years ago. When are you people going to let the past
4: go? You people. You people. You people. You people. But they didn't. And that level of restraint is so refreshing in a modern adaptation of anything... It's actually amazing, because in-universe, they would not care about skin color, but in-universe, they're obsessed with hair color and eye color, so credit where credit is due. That being said, one of the things that I noticed with House of the Dragon is that they, like many of the fans who I actually believe are the ones who ruined Game of Thrones are missing the point of the series. They're missing a point of A Song of Ice and Fire, and they're missing a point of Game of Thrones, the television adaptation. Because a lot of people are under the impression that Game of Thrones was at its absolute best when any main character could die for any reason, and the show surprised you. But in reality, in actuality, that was never the case. That was just the normie, dumb-dumb idiot interpretation of what was going on on screen. And considering they actually tell you the entire premise of the universe with one iconic line delivered by Cersei Lannister, you should know better. Here is the line.
2: When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground.
4: What this line is referencing what this line is talking about and what the rules are and why you actually liked the early seasons of Game of Thrones is that it is stating that actions have consequences. When you play the Game of Thrones, you have to play to win Otherwise, you're going to die. There's no middle ground. So what we see with the early deaths in the series is not shocking deaths that came out of nowhere. They're actually deaths that may have shocked you initially. But when you rewatch, you can actually see the foundations for the betrayals that led to those deaths based on the mistakes that the character made. It's also not a show where cruelty is just rewarded unrelentingly. Remember, Joffrey's reputation for being cruel ultimately led to him dying when he was eventually killed because the Tyrells would rather deal with his much more docile younger brother Tommen and Joffrey's actions in killing Eddard Stark actually led to the start of the War of the Five Kings and rather than just having to fight a war against his uncles and having the north be pacified by the fact that Ned would have been allowed to go to the wall he ended up having to fight a war on multiple fronts which again led to the consequence of him having to line with the Tyrells, which ultimately sowed the seeds for his own destruction. On top of that, Stannis and Renly not being able to work out their differences led to the death of Renly. It also led to the Tyrells being freed up from their marriage with Renly to join the Lannisters, and therefore, we had a show where constantly, every action, had a consequence and a reaction, and thus the world felt more real, more engaging, and more interesting. This is what actually hooked you on to Game of Thrones. Barrison Selmy's death was quite surprising, but Barriss and Selmy died because he happened to walk down an alley. And for some reason, one of the greatest swordsmen in the history of Westeros couldn't fight off some rich kids with daggers in an alley for, For some reason, and for those of you who don't understand why I'm emphasizing an alleyway, it's because where you fight someone is just as crucial to how the fight is going to go as any other factor. In an alleyway, your numbers are actually a disadvantage because you have to bottleneck in order to attack somebody. So Barristan Selmy dying in a situation where he's fighting inexperienced fighters that are actually hurt by the circumstances in which they chose the fight is even more absurd and even more stupid. And this is one of the reasons why his death actually didn't have the impact because it wasn't a consequence of anything. It was put out there to shock fans because fans thought what they wanted, what they liked about the show was that it had shocking deaths. When in reality, what the show actually had was consequences that could be detailed out and rewatched and understood and appreciated more on rewatch outside of the initial surprise. Now, by the way, spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. I know you guys absolutely love when I give spoiler alerts from TV shows or movies in the middle of or after I finish giving the spoilers. So there's your spoiler alert. I forgot to give it out early. I am going to edit this video later on, and I will not insert the spoiler alert earlier in this video, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Now, what this brings us to is House of the Dragon and how House of the Dragon deals with actions and deals with with consequences and the way that they tend to do it throughout the course of the show is not very well. There are a few scenes in the show that really hammer this point home, and the most important one is Christian Cole of the Kingsguard killing Joffrey Lomath. Now, this scene was brutal, and I mean ridiculously brutal. Honestly, too brutal for what it was actually meant to communicate and completely unnecessary, but it also breaks the logic of the series and shows that the showrunners don't really understand the concept of Westeros and what would and wouldn't lead to. Two consequences. Now, early on in the series of Game of Thrones, we did see random people get killed from time to time. However, this needs to be emphasized. Typically, those were common folk or small folk as they're called in the series, and thus their lives didn't have enough value or status in Westerosi society for that to matter. But in this instance, we have somebody's sworn shield being beaten to death at a wedding. And on top of that, the Kingsguard hit the future king consort, a.k.a. Laenor, a.k.a. Laenor Valerion, one of the members of the richest houses in all of Westeros, and the heir to the Valerion household. This should have led to significant consequences. This should have led to the execution, or at least the sending to the wall, of Christian Cole. And I get why they made this change from the book, because in the book, what actually happens is Christian Cole ends up killing this person in a tournament therefore it's legal but in this circumstance it actually makes no sense and even worse when you jump the 10 years to the next episode christian cole is still in the kingsguard and there is no reference of any form of consequences at all whatsoever being present
2: Order now
1: FighterFlare.com.
4: flare ...from that action. In fact, Lenor just gives him a couple dirty looks and he just smiles at Lenor like, haha, I killed your boyfriend because you're a gay or whatever, whatever. But in reality, he has a way higher position than a member of the Kingsguard and there should have been deadly consequences for these actions. Or at least some kind of explanation. Maybe Queen Alicent says that she saw him attack first, therefore the Kingsguard had to defend himself... Or something like that, but we don't get any of that on the screen, and this is really not a good thing, especially when a big component of the very next episode is Harwin Strong attacking Christian Cole, a lord and commander of the City Watch, attacking a member of the Kingsguard, and him being sent away to Harrenhal as a consequence of those actions. Now, you might think maybe I'm crazy. You might think maybe I'm focusing on the petty details and not looking at the overall picture, but the thing is, specific details like this that tell how the society functions actually paints the overall picture these are the things that help us establish and feel grounded in the world and you can have crazy plot twists or whatever but they have to make sense in the universe that you've already established and you cannot make the case to me that the son of the Hand of the King, Harwin Strong, the heir to Harrenhal, one of the more prestigious houses at this period of time in the story, attacking a member of the King's Guard in a non-lethal way is somehow less consequential than a member of the King's Guard, killing the sworn shield of the heir to Driftmart, an even more powerful house in Westeros, and striking the heir to Driftmart, who is also marrying the future queen of Westeros, making him the king Consul. Sort is somehow acceptable. These two things are incongruent with one another, and considering they happen in episode after episode back to back. It just doesn't make any sense. And these are the things that add up over the course of time throughout the series that you're going through that help to undermine your series going forward. One of the biggest problems with Game of Thrones in its later seasons is that the rules stopped applying when they stopped applying, but all of a sudden were still there when they were still there. That inconsistency is worse than having bad universe or bad rules in your universe. A perfect example, this is one that I always like to go to, is the whole thing with Clark Kent and his secret. Secret identity, just being him behind a pair of glasses. If nobody can see through Clark Kent's pair of glasses and notice this person's Superman, that is perfectly fine. Because what you're saying is that in this universe, this disguise works. So, however ridiculous it may be to you, somebody who is observing objectively. In that universe, that disguise is effective. Now, if everybody can see through it, then whatever. That's like our world, where we think that disguise is ridiculous. But where you run into consequences is when certain characters can see through it, and certain characters can't see through it. Because then you get inconsistency issues, and then you start to question the levels of intelligence of certain characters. For instance, if Lex Luthor can identify Superman by the look, but Lois Lane can't, you start to think that Lois Lane, the supposed greatest reporter in the world is a terrible reporter." Or in Batman versus Superman, when Lois Lane is established to be able to figure out who Superman is, Lex Luthor is established to be able to figure out who Superman is, but Batman, the world's greatest detective, allegedly, is not able to figure out who Superman is because we need that stupid Martha moment. Again, these kind of things all add up. They all pile up and they undermine your universe. You need to have a consistent basis of rules in order for the show to work. Now, other minor red flags by comparison are Damon's Mad Dash in order to kill the Crab Feeder, where somehow he's just blitzing through all these people. This is something that we don't typically see in the Game of Thrones universe, except for the exception of Fantastic Warriors, and even those warriors only really exist in the book. They haven't really been shown to us on screen in the good portions of the show and then there's the crab feeder being killed off screen again not about that that is something that is a hallmark of the later seasons of game of thrones having crucial moments off screen rather than showing them to us as the audience so i didn't appreciate that but overall a lot of the things around Damon, who's probably my favorite character in the show or one of my favorite characters in the show start to not add up for instance when he kills his wife and then says that he's going to press a claim to her castle because he was her husband only for 10 years later after the time skip for him to be living in pentos and that to not be referenced at all which again it's fine on its own if they don't even have the conversation about him trying to inherit runestone then that's fair then we wouldn't think about it it would be out of our minds maybe some nerds out there would say wait a minute shouldn't he be the heir to this but whatever you can dismiss them it's not in the show but once you bring it up once you establish it Once you set it up and then you skip 10 years later and it's not even a situation at all, it's not resolved, and you end up with this thread that goes nowhere, and again, why are you wasting precious screen time in order to show us things that don't matter? And why is Damon's character so inconsistent? At one point, he's this vicious murderer who's trying to steal his wife's inheritance, and then ten years later, he's sitting out in pentos trying to get away from the politics. And I understand a lot can change in ten years, but you have to show us the trajectory of where somebody starts, and then a logical endpoint of that trajectory for us to buy into the time skip the idea that damon had this whole struggle over trying to take over runestone in between the 10 years is not a good enough explanation the idea that somebody's gonna write some supplemental material about what happened here or there is not good enough what is on screen is what matters and the show doesn't seem to understand that rule in a couple of places and they're starting to add up now overall the show is good it's not great but it's still good and i would recommend that you watch it but these are some of the things that we would hope we would not see this early on in this series because they are obvious red flags and were some of the problems in the later seasons of game of thrones speaking of the original series the show is not as good as the original series it's not as good as season one i don't know why people are putting that out there into the public maybe it's because online hyping of the new thing is one of the new trendy things to do but it's not as cohesive each and every episode kind of feels a little too separate from one another and there's no real through line and hopefully that will get better when we start zeroing in on the time frame that is the dance of the dragons But overall, this season is very choppy, very uneven. And even though each and every individual episode on its own is good, taken as a part of a whole, it just doesn't work. Now, obviously, it's still way better than Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. I stopped watching that show, whatever episode I said I was going to stop watching it. Just have no interest. It was too boring. I heard about the they took our job scene, and I don't want to see these crappy analogies and these shoehorned in politics. And in this show, to give them credit, Even though it's a story about a female and the male in her family trying to deny her the right to the throne, or other males in society trying to deny her the right to the throne, they don't paint her as this obvious good guy. Honestly, they do a better job characterizing Rhaenyra as a gray character than they did for Daenerys Targaryen, and when you watch the show and Daenerys Targaryen ends up as the Mad Queen, you realize and appreciate what they're doing with Rhaenyra now. Rhaenyra is not a good ruler. She's not a good player of the Game of Thrones. She turned Kristen Cole against her and didn't deal with him in terms of letting him stay on the Kingsguard. She ended up alienating a bunch of lords by being so dismissive of them when they came to propose marriage. She helped reignite the feud between the Brackens and the Blackwoods when she could have prevented that and she's just overall a disrespectful figure to the role that she's been granted and she comes off as very entitled to the throne just because her father named her the heir she does not seem aware of what she needs to do politically in order to maintain her position on top of that she clearly and obviously and by the way this is a knock against the show for making this so clearly and obvious has three bastard children and if you live in a society like westeros where most of the people are expecting your brother to have priority in terms of inheritance over you you don't really help secure your position by not having legitimate children and making it so obvious. In the book, this was not that obvious, and in fact, it was heavily implied that the children were in fact Lenors because it would be so politically unsavvy for Raynera to have bastards that look nothing like him, because obviously that undermines her position. But in this show, she just has the bastards, and we're supposed to accept it, and it's almost like even the showrunners don't realize how terrible of a mistake this is on her part. And by the way, I understand that Lenor is a gay, and in the George R. R. Martin universe, when you're a gay, you actually... Just cannot father children at all. You can never sleep with a woman. You're 100% gay, and you're totally repulsed by the female form. But in reality, that is not how the gays work. And maybe if that's just how they work in universe, then whatever. I guess we have to deal with that. But you would think she would be able to do something. Even Marjorie Tyrell tried to do something to have Renly father a kid with her in order to sort this situation out. And yet she just has not done that. So yeah, the show is overall pretty good they don't just say female characters are the greatest characters in the history of the world and can do no wrong they have flaws even the person that the showrunner seemed to think is the hero is making some major political mistakes that undermine her position and they seem to be ignoring the racial component of house valerian's casting in the show which i think is great and fantastic and actually better helps the show it doesn't make it worse but hey those are just my thoughts let me know your thoughts down in the comments below if you liked the video show by leaving a like subscribe for more content follow me on all my social media support me via the support links in the description box of this video this has been me talking about house of the dragon till next time